After years of conflict, divorced or separating couples often feel hopeless about an amicable co-parenting relationship. Their communication is ineffective or non-existent and they anticipate it will continue this way forever. This week on Split, we explain how understanding your physiological reactions to conflict can help break these patterns and will provide you with strategies to calmly address and respond to disagreements with your former spouse. Hi guys, and welcome back to Split. So last week we had an introductory trailer episode where we both introduced ourselves and talked at great length about Jen's amazing practice, all about mediation and the benefits of using that as a conflict uh, resolution tool. And today we're gonna dive even deeper into conflict itself. So we're definitely going to address how to keep disagreements from evolving into these big conflicts and Mm -hmm. give you some tips and techniques, simple stuff that you can implement into your co-parenting relationship or with your with your former spouse but before we get into that i think we should just take a minute to kind of unpack what conflict is and the difference between conflict and a disagreement because a disagreement is you know, pretty natural, right? Right. In in relationships with, you know, your your current spouse or someone at work, it's like a single short-term issue that once it's resolved, it's pretty rare that it's going to be a reoccurring thing. Whereas a conflict is like a series of deeper disagreements with layers of emotion, and I've found personally that if you don't have proper communication, you're not really addressing those deeper layers um, mm-hmm. of of what is really the root of the upset or the anger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and yeah, we there's a reason that we're separated from these people in the first place, <laughs> yes. right? So yeah. it's we probably are not going to agree mm-hmm. on, on a lot of things, right? Yeah. So and you don't have to now is mm-hmm. the thing as well. So. Yeah, I mean, odds are you're separating from the person, so you're not going to be on the same page on a lot of those smaller things, and that's just okay. Like, yes, we need to normalize that, right? So, um, and then yeah, like you're talking about, and I think that that speaks to like that that deeper conflict, like when you're not being heard at all, and you can't express what you need to say, and then vice versa, maybe, right? And then that's when we get those deep-seated problems. Yes, yep. 100%. I mean, like an example that I, I know I encountered before too, and we kind of talked about this last week, where the pickup and drop-off time when mm. it's close to dinner, how that can be a big source yep. of conflict. So for instance, you know, I feed my kid a little bit earlier, typically at five o'clock, but during the week, sometimes she has visitation with her dad. He brings her back at 5.30, and if she keeps coming back home hungry, I'm going to start to question what's going on. Are you feeding her dinner whatever? But I mean, if you can address it like, hey, are you feeding her dinner typically or what's going on? And he says, oh, well, we eat dinner at 630 on the weekend. So I just assumed. And then you can quickly come to some kind of compromise of during the week, it's a little bit earlier or hey, if there's soccer practice or something. Just let me know. I'll take out an extra chicken breast the night before. Well, right. And I think in your situation, what can happen a lot of times, then people assume like, 
he's not feeding her dinner because he wants me to, you know, feel the pain and yeah, he here wants I am to make again, my life miserable. Exactly. Shouldering all the responsibilities, yeah. <laughs> the Disneyland dad. Yeah. And, yeah. and like it could totally not be that. Right. But if you don't have that communication in place and you just immediately go to like, you know, previous pains and hurts or what yep. you have, how you felt about that person, then you're very quickly just going to get into a fight that you could have avoided. Yeah. And I mean, I do find with my clients too, like in most situations, people are not, it is very rare that a person is truly going to do something to be vindictive. Yeah. It's like, it's a misunderstanding or sometimes they thought they were doing a good thing or so maybe in your situation, it's like, oh, I thought you would want to. So yeah. I was trying to be nice <laughs> and let you have dinner with her. Like, right. So um, usually when people can wade through that and actually communicate about it, you find that, yeah, it's just that. It's just a misunderstanding. Like, very few people are out to just cause problems um, for Absolutely. the sake of it. So, yeah. And, like, let's talk a little bit about when you're on the receiving end of, say, like an accusation mm. or someone is, you know, your ex is coming at you with, I'm upset about this mm-hmm. because – you you were have described to me in the past like what is actually going on inside the brain and in your body to make you react the way that you do yeah so i wanted to talk about that today so i think that's a first step if you want to if we want to kind of turn things around right and mm-hmm. saying okay we're always having we're always butting heads we're always having this fight um over similar things and the nice thing about that is that with conflict, really, it does take two people. So if one person, if you decide, I'm going to do something to turn this around, yeah. you can. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen instantly, um, but you can. So yeah, I wanted to talk today about that that sort of physiological response when we feel like we're in a conflict situation. And I think our exes are probably the ones that are going to trigger it the most because <laughs> really? we have... <laughs> Yes. Does that sound familiar? Um, Because there's years of hurt and resentment. And a lot of times we've gone through tough stuff, right? Mm -hmm. People have gone through really difficult, hurtful things with them. So this is called, probably most people have heard of the fight or flight response. And now a lot of times um, practitioners call it fight, flight, or freeze, the FFS response, which is really this physiological response of a release of adrenaline in your body um, when you, there is perceived danger. Gotcha. So it's something that our body is doing to actually help us. So your the theory is that, you know, millions of years ago, this was to help us get energy in the parts of the body that we needed to, like, get away from a lion or get out of an actual dangerous situation. But the thing, and I find it amazing, that it just even takes a thought of danger or a memory of how that person made us feel. Right. And it's going to release that. It could actually not be happening, but it's yeah. just the memory. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah it might not amazing. be happening. So literally, a text message can mm-hmm. do that, which is pretty incredible when you think about it, right? Yeah. You could be sitting in your office and get a message. Um, mine, I know, is like my stomach feels like in knots. So that's yes. like a physiological response for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know like what happens Pit to you. sweat. Okay. 100% <laughs> okay. the sweats. It just, yeah. yeah, and clammy and just, and I'm like frozen. I feel like yeah. in a state of where just total like I'm paralyzed yeah so you're kind of more the freeze yeah. so yeah so fight would all followed obviously... by rage okay okay <laughs> if freeze, I'm being then fully fight. honest okay. yes. yeah. <laughs> freeze rage okay yeah <laughs> 
So freeze and then fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of flight would be just like exit the situation, ignore it, yes. like put the blinders Ostrich on. Ostrich right? head in the sand yeah. is kind of what I'm picturing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And a lot of people do that, right? Mm-hmm. Just like avoid conflict, which it triggers. You think that's not a bad one, but if you were always doing that with your partner mm-hmm. and you were always avoiding conflict, it's going to usually elicit rage in them, right? right. Because yes. you're, they want you to do something about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's little, literally part of our brain, our amygdala is perceiving danger and it's releasing adrenaline and causing these physiological responses. So I think the key part is to now recognize when mm-hmm. that's happening, right? Yes. Like, okay, my armpits are sweating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is not the time to do to answer the text message, yes. right? Um, for conflict studies, what we see is that when you're in this FFS response, uh, we have brain fog. That So they've done cognition tests. Psychologists have done cognition tests. So we're not able to think clearly. We have reduced emotional intelligence. So we mm-hmm. can't like read people's emotions and faces and feelings as well. And we focus on negative memories. Yeah. So that's a fascinating one to me. So the idea is that in the past when this was happening, whatever millions of years ago, we would go back to when that lion chased us to figure out how we escaped the lion. So we're focusing on negative memories. So if you think about that for conflict, if you're just going to go back to those negative things, which can happen, right? You Mm -hmm. just go right back to that argument you had 10 years ago about that same thing. And if you let that be your response, which is just completely reactionary, chances are you're going to almost immediately regret that once you come mm-hmm. out of this state, whatever state mm-hmm. that is, freeze, you know, flight or, or, mm-hmm. or fight. Fight. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you got them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not yourself. Yeah. So you're not present. So I think the whole, that first step, it's really important to understand that. And I think your world's ahead if you do, because most people don't. Yeah. So it, but it does take that presence of mind to think about that and realize, okay, my, my stomach hurts right now. I'm, yeah, in your case, my palms are sweaty. Mm -hmm. Like I'm feeling upset. Some people just want to cry, like whatever, but just physiological changes are happening. Um, and then just being present and recognizing that. And obviously then we're not going to have, we're not going to engage when, when we know that we're in that. So we want to get ourselves out of it. Um, before we engage at all. Well, and we talked about this last week too, about, you know, it's so unnecessary almost always to reply to a text right away. Like our world is just so about instant gratification with all of our social media and just, yeah, the way that we communicate and it's not necessary. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's not. So that is probably one of the biggest things is just the timing of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a clip on my website where it's like ways to ask for that time so you can, and this is probably, I think the biggest thing, because like you're saying in almost every case, it doesn't have to be dealt with then at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but the other person may be really upset. So you don't want to just blow them off or not reply at all. Um, so the three things would be like validate. So saying something like, I can see you're upset about this, or, um, this is an important topic. Mm-hmm. So right I away. Yeah. yeah so you're good. kind of like, like flattering them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this is very important. And it, and maybe it is an important mm-hmm. issue. Um, so and then, no rolling eyes emoji. No. no. <laughs> okay. just, no. just to clarify for the listeners. Yeah. Not one, not seven, and like a big line. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> or like the palm, the face palm. Like. Yes, that's one of that's in my top like five most used for sure. For sure. No emojis. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, anyways, carry on. Okay. So yeah, validate. Like this, I can see this is important to you. This is an important topic, and then just say, "I need some time." Right. And I tell, like, that's the biggest thing with my clients. I tell them all the time, you don't need to elaborate. You don't need to say, I need some time because you've made me so angry. And I can't believe you brought this up. Because that's the same thing as just, it's that's like thing. that initial verbal diarrhea. That's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or just say, I need some time. That's mm-hmm. the key thing. If Even if you can't say the other stuff, just say that. I need some time. Yeah. Um, And then give a time. So you're letting them know you're not blowing them off. Like, can we talk Saturday morning? Mm-hmm. So that's going to sound like... I see this is really important to you. I need some time. Let's talk Saturday morning. I'll call you at nine. And I like that piece too, even asking, does this time work for you? So that again, you're making them feel like they're part of this decision too. You're not just shutting them down right away. Yeah. 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 And it it just, it works. Like even personally with my ex, he knows now that I do this. So (laughs) he knows the three steps are coming, but what are you gonna say to it? Yeah, right? Like yeah. it's it's validating. I give a time in the future. So yes. he's probably gonna send the eye roll to me, but <laughs> it works. And it's good for him as well, right? Just everyone yeah. just simmers down a little bit. Um Well, that's a great point too, that it helps the other person because they may not be aware of these techniques and they right. may just be have their own real hurts that they're trying yep. to express and maybe not in the best way. So you're right. It gives both parties that time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. then you're the whole thing then is you don't want to be in that FFS response, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting time to work through it. So you're not going to be in that response when you actually um, engage with them. Right. Um, and then some, so some other things that you can do. So we have this, this is from, uh, used a lot in the 12 steps programs that they have this acronym HALT. Okay. So hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm-hmm. So not being in any of those states either, because that's going to have you be much more susceptible to being in that response, fight or flight. So when you're PMSing, yes, that, there is no, one. no communication. Yeah. It's happen. like a blockout. <laughs> like, yeah, just block off that time. <laughs> It's not going to happen in these seven days. Yes. Exactly. Um, And hangry, right? Bad time. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. And we know that, again, like from those 12-step programs, that's when people are much more susceptible to using substance abuse, right? Because we're just very vulnerable um, in those states. And then I tell my clients to just a lot of my clients, if they're going into like really tense negotiations or it's been high conflict, I will literally say to them, like, please, you know, our appointments at two, like, can you go for a walk before? Or like, do you exercise typically? Or do you do something? Because some of them are, I speak to people, they're just so worked up. They're in that response when they're talking to me. Right. So I don't want them coming like sometimes during that, because I always check in with people individually before and they're just almost in a frenzy, right? Yeah. Yeah, There's totally fried. Yeah. Um, So you don't want to be there. So if it is really high conflict, obviously you don't have to do this for every little text message, but Mm -hmm. you know, going for a run or going for a walk, even around the block or something, just to like get yourself out of that response. You don't want to be in that state. Yeah. I think your self-care, like I know that's all over social media these days, but like it's so important Mm -hmm. and and then especially if you do have kids and you're time sharing you know you kind of feel guilty asking for 
additional help for like, you know, a babysitter or whatever. But like at me personally, I know when I need that time, I, I love my daughter to death. But like when I am in that mode and that and my anxiety is high, I need I know myself, I need alone time to mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's selfish to make sure that you're your best self to yeah. deal with important issues. Yep. Yeah, you want to be in your best state. So, and then, you know, you get better at it, I think, right? When you can, it takes time and part of that, and you can go easy on yourself too, because part of that, it is a physiological response, is to react. Yeah. So you are kind of fighting against what is natural in some ways, like with your body, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I thought of, you know, so that's kind of what you can do with yourself to regulate yourself and make sure you're not in that FFS response. Mm -hmm. But then the other one is sometimes I, what I talk more about with my clients is like, okay, what can you do to structure that conversation so that it's gone off the rails a hundred times in the past? Like Mm -hmm. what can you start to change now you're having that conversation that like the same thing the past is not just gonna like because it's so easy to just fall into those old patterns Mm -hmm. of conversation especially when you've been with somebody for a long time and it's and it's been bad for so long like you said right so how do you how do you do that how do you yeah a a point where you're like okay this is going down that path veer veer right abort abort (laughs) yeah well and I think a lot of times people just accept oh I divorced this person so we're just always gonna fight right or like it's never gonna be good and it might not ever be good Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be terrible right right? so I think a lot of people are too quick to kind of write that off but again we got to bring back to like okay how is that affecting your kids Mm -hmm. how's that affecting you um so a couple yeah you want to just kind of break the habit of of that bad like negative conversation happening each time Mm -hmm. um so a couple things would be like literally changing it up so if you guys are always having um a dust up like at pick up or drop off Mm -hmm. then maybe for a while structure it so that you're not seeing each other Right. right. And the kids, you're doing it at the front door and maybe like you don't have to drop the kids in the driveway. You can bring them in, but like you stay <laughs> the drive upstairs. By. Yeah. The car's still moving <laughs> yeah, slowly. Just, just like, a rolling get out. stop. <laughs> get out. Um, but you could be upstairs or, you know, depending on the ages of the kids, there's yeah. lots of ways to do that. And just to give like just take away the tension, like start to do something different. And so that you're just, like, not always going into that pattern. Or if you're always getting into a fight, let's say, yeah, over text, we're not going to text anymore. Or Mm -hmm. over phone, well, now we're going to do a FaceTime instead. Or just, like, changing up how you're actually talking and interacting. Yeah. Um, The pickup and drop-offs are a really big one. And people just, I think, sometimes are in this habit. I see it so much with the pickup drop-off. I think they like, gather up all of their resentments from the week. And then they, like... Get ready to just like barf them out at drop off time. Yes. Um, Even just seeing your ex, if it's been like, I know in my personal situation, sometimes with the way the schedule lines up, like we won't see each other for almost 10 days. So even if nothing bad has happened, it's always a little bit, I don't want to say shock, but it's kind of like, there's like a sting there and mm-hmm. you know, I'm very happy in my new partnership now and he's moved on as well. And I've 
cleared up a lot of old hurts not all but most but there's just like you mm-hmm. see the person and it's you it's it's hard like it is it's hard. hard yeah it's really hard and and we have to think about people too right so think about if you've if this was like a sudden separation or mm-hmm. the what the person already has a new partner like there could be a lot of really tricky situations yeah. so I think yeah you're right mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of just emotion sometimes like caught up in that yeah um, so I think there's lots of ways to do the pickup drop-offs where just there's no interaction happening. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to, again, then you're making a new pattern like, okay, we haven't had a fight in three months or whatever right. that is, right? We, for a while now, um, well, we stopped doing this uh, recently just because I, I moved, but we were meeting at typically like a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And... I found that worked really well for okay. a time because we were out yeah. in public, so we were both on our best behavior. Yeah, good point. And it just made it feel a little less awkward to be like out in the world as opposed to just in the driveway. Yes. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I think that can be helpful too, to meet in yeah. like a neutral area. Yeah. I The thing I like about that too is that if someone's coming to another person's house, then you kind of you're waiting for them to show up and yes. you're right you know like, that feeling when like even yeah. you know tonight we had a, a pickup drop-off situation and I was I was waiting by the door yeah I'm like, this is so weird I this know is so weird. yeah so if you're like at a Starbucks sipping a coffee you're just in your in your car or yeah. whatever then yeah. I know I think that that's a good one mm-hmm. uh, just like a neutral location mm-hmm. um anything really that's not gonna and and that's gonna make the kids feel comfortable too right yeah, yeah so for sure. um and it can change right Right? Mm-hmm. It can be different different places, different times. Another one could be um, sometimes a common like extracurricular activity or something can That's be a good, good one. Too. Because, yeah. yeah, there's other people around. You're both maybe there to see the kids anyway. And how nice is it for your kids to see both of you there mm-hmm. watching them? Mm-hmm. Like that's special. Mm-hmm. Even if you're bottling up any Yeah. <laughs> and it depends on the level of conflict. Like I had one couple literally where like they always were fighting, so they we did do it for them was an extracurricular and we literally were like here's what you're going to say like <laughs> you're going to say here's your script so it was amazing yeah, yeah yeah it was yeah it's it was it seems so funny right but they literally like they had to get into a place where they could see that they were capable yes. of like seeing each other exchanging a sentence they each had one sentence <laughs> and going away and yeah. dealing with their own problems right because I think mm-hmm. for them it had become this like I'm in a bad mood and I'm going to tell you all the ways that you've upset me right, right. which is not appropriate no. at all well then that's the thing right when it's very hard to transition from when you're together and you're trying to make it work you're trying to have the other person see things your way and that's I mean when you split up you kind of lose that right you know you You don't as you said earlier you don't have to see everything the the same way you it's okay to expect less yeah from your ex than you would if they were your spouse or your new spouse it's totally different and and yeah and I think a good way of looking at it is you get to yeah. Right? Like, you you probably didn't want to be with this person. Like, yes. you're separating now. So you get to let it go. You yeah. don't have to worry about it, right? It's yeah. a privilege yes. you can look at it that way, <laughs> That's right? such a good way to look at it. Yeah. 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 You don't have to. You can just, like, let it go. Yeah. So we literally, like, you're I forget what it was now, right? But it was sort of like, you know, thank you for this. The next time is this. And the other person, you're welcome. Like, there's, like, a literally, like... <laughs> 
and we kind of made it funny too, right? Yeah. Like we laughed about it. It was lighthearted, and they both and I we kind of made a joke, and they were like, "Okay, like literally," I said, "Yeah, like type it in your phone right now. Like mm-hmm. this is what you're gonna say." And so it was a little bit lighthearted, but they did it. Yeah. And then even just having that one week, so they had two weeks, I think, before the next session. Um, and then I was able to say like, how did the pickup drop off go? And they're like, we didn't fight. Like we read, we read, read our script. We didn't fight. Right. We stuck to it and you could just, it just made life a little lighter. Right. And then they knew like, wow, we had two weeks of no fights. So then. And that's a, that's a big win Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Huge win. Yeah. So, um, another one. So these would apply to more, like if you do have to have conversations with your ex, Mm -hmm. like there are going to be topics that come up. Like certainly if people are really high conflict, then I would recommend like go to mediation. Like if you just can't. Yeah. Um, but especially when you're raising young kids, like things are changing. You might like common one is to discuss extracurricular activities, like mm-hmm. what are they gonna do, who's paying for it, holidays, talking about vacations, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Um, large purchases, birthday parties, things like that. So another thing would be like setting a time limit. Mm-hmm. So just say like typically it's not always, but women tend to want to talk for like a long time and get all the issues out. Yeah. And it can kind of, men don't want to be roped into that. And it's like, okay, now it's turned into this hour long conversation. I don't want to be here. Right. So literally saying like, we're going to talk for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't get resolved, then, you know, we'll try again next week or, or whatever time. Yeah. But just again, the idea would be you're going to end it before you get into that rut of conflict. Right. right? So it's, you're going to end it on a positive note and show each other like, okay, we exchanged information. It didn't end up in a fight again. Yes. Um, And then another one would be like to make sure that you're not going into that FFS response would be rehearse it, like write down what you want to say and even like say it over to yourself because it can take the emotion out of it. Like there's something you're super angry about that maybe the other person has done and you really think, okay, like I really do have to address this Mm -hmm. and it's upsetting. Like say it over and over again and you're kind of just like getting the emotion out, right? The energy before you're actually talking to them. So it can be more of just an exchange of information and not be so high conflict. Yeah. I mean, I think I said this last week too, but I have so many email drafts. Yes. So many email drafts. Yep. Uh, I should really print them out and burn them. I think that would be very <laughs> freeing. Have some sort of weird like circle Special dance around bonfire. the fire. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, you know, that helps too. Even sometimes I have a girlfriend, one of my besties, and I lay it all out yep. for her and she hears it all and then that's it. And then I kind of yep. have my... I pick through that night and do my filtered version of what I'm yes. going to say, what is actually appropriate and treating it like a, a you know, a business relationship. I yeah. think we've talked about that before too. Like try to just take the emotions out and mm-hmm. stick to the facts. Yeah, because again, it is back to that thing that you are exes, right? Mm-hmm. So how much is it just facts? What's in the best interest of the kids? How much is it like is it really your place anymore to say, you know, this made me sad, this made me angry, I don't think you should be doing this. Like, a lot of it we can let go of. Yeah. Because it just, it doesn't have to affect you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not something you have to live with. Like, so certainly we always want to just be mostly filtering, like, through the kids, right? And yeah. sometimes those things are legitimate. We need to bring up topics that are affecting them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of the past stuff can can come back. Um 
so yeah, so I think that's a really great way to, I mean, I do it, I do it on my notes about almost like I'm sending a text. So same yes. thing, like I'll never, I don't ever send it, but the same thing, I've got all these like <laughs> different <laughs> terrible texts. And then I actually, I don't know if this is weird or not, then sometimes I'll go back and read them like to make myself feel better, right? Yes. Like, I'm like yes. yes so. I Yes, I've been there, I've done it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. yes. Yeah. So it's, and it works. I think it works quite well because you're, we really want to send one. And so you can just, yeah, write it out there. Um, and then one of the other points I just had here was um, literally, so this is like a, an amalgam of like some uh, psychology studies. And then I know he's a lot on some different podcasts now. There's a, his his background is an FBI hostage negotiator, Chris Voss. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about how he would do these negotiations, which are obviously super high conflict. Yes. He's an FBI negotiator. So the importance of your tone. Mm -hmm. So just like using this like low, soft tone that literally like as soon as you start talking slowly and more quietly, the other person will respond. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard when you're doing that for them to just continue high conflict. Right. Um, and the one that he mentioned that I always find really fascinating is that you truly have to actually be on the other person's side as well. And mm -hmm. looking at like, we both want to solve this problem, that people are very perceptive. And if it, they're just perceiving it as like you're attacking them right rather than perceiving it like hey we've got this issue with the kids like can you please try to be a part of this with me can mm -hmm. we talk about how we can do this better yeah um that that truly changes things so and I know in mediation I see that all the time I try to get people to look at like okay your goal is not against each other your goal is let's separate and preserve our family finances or, right. you know, let's separate and have the kids be happy a year from now. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then people feel like there's a common goal Absolutely. and they're going to be much more, that's not a person that's going to yell in your face when they, when they feel like you're on their side a little bit more. Some of my favorite word tracks are, I hear you. Yep. I hear you. It seems like this is really important to you. Good one. Um, especially, you know, we have a daughter. So I know how much she means to you. I yeah. know how much you want to preserve your relationship with her. Let's work together to make this work. Like, yep. And truly, as you said, like, I think you, it can't just be lip service. You do yeah. have to feel some empathy for the other person, no matter... <laughs> how you may feel about them in other yeah. situations. I, it's pretty rare that the other person doesn't truly love, even in their own way, you know, your kid. Or, or yes. if, you don't if you don't have children, you know, you loved each other at one point. Mm -hmm. And if sometimes that helps too, is to go back to those times. And like, yep. you did at one point, you know, see all the good in that person. Yeah. So. I, it's, yeah, I say that in a lot of client sessions. I'll mm -hmm. start with that, right? Yeah. Like, okay, we're, we're moving through this now. But yeah, there was a time when this person was the most important thing. So you yeah. obviously know that they have good qualities and things that you liked about them, right? So, yeah. I think um, before we get to answering some questions that we mm -hmm. had on Instagram as well, mm -hmm. like parenting styles is such a, like conflicting parenting styles mm -hmm. can be such a source of, of fighting. Mm -hmm. And I know even in my own situation, something that I realized along the way, you know, for instance, not to go off on a complete tangent here, yeah. but 
you know, my ex is a real adrenaline junkie and busy all the time, always on the go. He will have our daughter every other weekend and the, the activities and sheer number of things he gets done in like within a 24 hour period is, yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And I am the complete opposite. So when we were together and for a long time he was working away, so we didn't see each other very much. He would come home and it would just be like this absolute frenzy of him, you know, wanting to do all these things. And it, it I, I hated it, you know, our daughter was very young at the time was super stressful so when we first split and he started having uh, regular access with her I was so nervous all the time of like you know she's already going through all these changes now she's going to be here there and everywhere with you and how's this going to affect her and I had to realize that a lot of that was my own worry I think Mm -hmm. it was totally fair to be concerned about you know, it's fair to be concerned about your kids' routine and keeping yeah. them in that, especially when you are in the initial stages of yeah. them, like, going through this process with you. But, you know, over time now, I've come to realize that it she's totally okay. Yeah. And as much as I see a lot of myself in her, she's her own little human, and she's half him, too. Yeah, right. So, right. you know, she might come back from the weekend and be a little bit tired, and the schedule might be a little bit off, but I mean... She's healthy. She's happy. And I'm not, you know, I can do my own thing. He does his own thing and that's okay. So yeah, I think it's just, if you can try to find, um, well first see, is this really affecting your kids or is it just something that you're reacting to? Yeah. 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 And then also try to see, Hey, like maybe there's some benefit to us both giving our kids a different experience. Right. Right. And, and I mean, the reality of it is we talk about this with clients, like when we talk about day-to-day parenting, right? Mm -hmm. So typically, um, in a shared parenting situation or what we sometimes call shared custody. So sole custody would be something different. Um, day-to-day decisions are your own right. in your own households, right? So even if you want to talk about it, like really get down to the nitty-gritty, like legally in Ontario, um, unless your child's in danger, mm-hmm. you really don't have a lot of control over that. So yes. certainly you can bring it up. So if her sleep pattern was, you know, constantly, you know, she's never getting back to sleep or whatever, then mm-hmm. we can have these valid concerns. But yeah. I think it just helps sometimes to look at the bottom line, like, how much can you let go? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're right that, yeah, sometimes we bring in the way that we want things to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is maybe a little bit of a tangent too, but I think a really common one and stereotypically does happen more um, with the fathers that fathers weren't always active maybe in the marriage, right. weren't a big part of the marriage, maybe weren't the best hands-on dad in the marriage. But they get a chance if it's a shared parenting situation to to see if they will be in a shared parenting situation. A lot of times if they weren't in the marriage then, and again, this is the, the stereotype of right, the way that it right. typically is. A lot of times if the, the mother is resentful that they never got help from the dad, he was never hands-on, he was never doing anything. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of write it off, but they can rise they, to the occasion. They can 100%. rise to the occasion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got to give some time and some chance to see if that's going to happen and they will do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they do have an opportunity to be a great dad to their kid. Yeah. yeah. And I think that self-care piece comes in as well, especially in the early days when, you know, they in a lot of cases, I spoke to many again like predominantly moms who say like I don't know what I'm going to do with myself the first weekend they're away so you know plan something nice for yourself try to do something good for you because you're going to be doing the work of two people as soon as they come back so use the time yeah Yeah, exactly
So we put a question out in Instagram stories to mm-hmm. get some feedback. And what the question that we asked was, what was the last uh, fight that you had with your ex? Mm-hmm. So let's go over. We've got four of them here. Um, okay, let's start with this one. Getting extra holiday custody time. Okay, so they're fighting about getting extra holiday custody. Okay, yes. right. Yeah. So I I really feel passionately about holidays because I think there's so many creative ways to split up holidays. So that would be kind of backtracking, I guess, to what was actually negotiated in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of ways to do them, especially a longer holiday like Thanksgiving or Christmas that you really can share them. Yep. So a lot of times people will just like say, oh, we're just going to do every other. We're just going to alternate. Mm-hmm. But you kind of both lose in that situation because yeah. you're only getting every other year in your kid's lifetime that maybe is 10 holidays or whatever, right? right. Like in the time you have them. So many of those types of like parenting plans or set schedules that you, if you type into Google, you know, what the yeah. options are, you're right. When you actually put them into practice, they're really not that great. And that's yep. another thing that's so good about mediation is actually talking about, okay, how's what's that actually going to look like though yeah. and are either of you even going to be happy with this right yeah. right so holidays would be when so I guess in that case I would if they're always fo- so I'm assuming one person wants more time mm-hmm. so I would start just asking that question like is there a way a lot of times people think it's just can I have that holiday and you don't get it mm-hmm. but is there a way you can share it right right so is there something you can do um where maybe one family's and what I like to do and typically is in agreements is like really we should be taking extended family events into consideration because that is in the best interest of the child. Mm -hmm. So if it's possible for them to go to both sides of the family's dinners or whatever, um, that's really in their best interest. Mm -hmm. So I guess just trying to ask questions around how it could be shared maybe rather than like an either or that one person has to totally give it up. And I think if you can, if you're in this situation, if you can communicate to the rest of your family, obviously, Mm -hmm. how you're feeling and that you do want to help support your child's time with with your ex and say, hey, you know what, for Thanksgiving, like, you know, they're going to be there for dinner. What if we did a brunch? Let's do Mm -hmm. something different. I I know traditions are important, but, you know, not every holiday is as important to every family so yeah. you know maybe Christmas is super traditional but Thanksgiving or Easter you change it up uh, yeah I love that and and it really is just about the tradition right so maybe you meet on a weird day but you're still having the dinner and getting together and yeah. doing and that's what the kids especially are going to be into right yeah. and you're not really missing out I found with COVID like people are are much more willing to be flexible mm. in their traditions and things that mm-hmm. used to be really important because we're all just having to kind of adapt to yeah, good new point. norms. So, yeah. yeah, people have to do things differently. Yeah, good point. Okay, question number two. This one, it, it just says, the person put child support money. And I know this can be a touchy subject and we'll probably even have a designated episode yeah. to this. But I wanted to address it anyways. And we'll just go with the idea that this person was saying perhaps child support was late or mm. there's just conflict around mm-hmm. receiving the money. Around receiving. Yeah. So obviously a hot issue. I do find, again, with child support, it's rare that you have people that are just not wanting to pay Mm -hmm. or arguing the amount to pay. Sometimes it's legitimately 
difficult to pay yeah. for people, if especially um, a common reason is because they have debts or mm-hmm. just their own spending. So the amount that they're mandated to pay is not available. Right. Um, a lot so, of job loss right now yes, as well too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's another one. And so we are possibly, I mean, we're in a time period when that can get tricky because there could be that material change with a job loss or less income. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that may need to be addressed and talked about if the amount is still appropriate. Right. I would say trying to talk about it, like I know sometimes it people really get their backs up about it, but I do see scenarios where people are sometimes a little bit late with child support, but it's always coming. It's consistent. It's so, consistent. Yeah. Consistently exactly. late. It's consistently late, <laughs> but it's there. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I, I've had a situation where, yeah, there was a lot of resentment with that, but when we question it, it's like, well, did you ever not get the amount? And they were always getting it. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the reasons why it was coming late. We ended up working out a bi-monthly or bi-weekly payment. So it was right. like broken in two um, rather than one because that worked better for budgeting. So I think just asking, like if it's not coming instead of an accusation, right. like maybe giving a day or two days if you yourself really might really need the money mm-hmm. too. And then you can say, you know, is there a reason why this is late? Is there something we could work out? And that empathy piece again too, right? Like you, you know, you might be in an okay state of mind, but maybe it hasn't been addressed by the other person because they're embarrassed yeah. about it and they're trying to yeah, for scrape sure. together the money themselves, right? Yep. Okay. Question number three. I like this one. Okay. Why don't your parents write or send cards for Christmas or birthdays to our daughter? <laughs> Why don't your parents? Yes. Yikes. Yeah. So I would think, yep, that this is one that maybe that we've talked about it in today's episode a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be what we would call triangulating. So you're blaming your ex for something that his or her parents are doing. Mm -hmm. So they really don't have control about on that. It's not them. Yeah. And... Yeah, is that something that you need to let go of? Yes. Is that does your kid truly, you know, truly get upset over these things? Or right. is it just something that you're upset about? And it sounds like to me, I mean, I don't want to put words in this person's mouth, but maybe they didn't have the best relationship with mm-hmm. the in-laws. But the good news is they're not your in-laws really anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might have to see them at a wedding or... They are not. <laughs> but yes, yeah, you've also been able to move on from them. Yeah, the, the, these are one of the things that we got to let go of, I think, right? And maybe in that person's mind, you know, they're all still going to remain close with the extended family or whatever, right. and that's changing as well. Yeah. Um, but, and again, I think we touched on it earlier. You can reframe it as, like, you get to let go of it. Yes. Right? Like, yes. You get to put that baggage down. It's not a loss. It really can be a gain not to have to worry about those things anymore. Yeah, 100%. And I think, too, like sometimes in in the beginning, it's if you have to create a little bit of distance, if you were close with the extended family, Mm -hmm. if you have to create a little bit of distance to maintain the peace and avoid conflict, it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it's going to stay that way forever. Yeah, good point. Yep. Okay, last question. Uh, visitation when other co-parent is not wearing masks for COVID and works in healthcare. So mm-hmm. I know we don't have all of the details here, but let's let's see if we can do our best to cover this one. 
Yeah. So COVID's come up a lot, obviously, in co-parenting. I know when we were all sort of in a lockdown situation, there was a lot of situations with people um, just not wanting to send kids at all. And it's a tricky one because, I mean, the reality is unless you're going to try to take it to a court situation, it really is just for everyone to figure out. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a couple of things that would come to mind. One would be like regarding COVID, like none of us really know the right thing to do or what is the most safe and what isn't, right? So Mm -hmm. you could think that your household is the most safe, but unless you're under a full lockdown Mm -hmm. and you're never leaving, like how are you to say that your situation... We're all getting groceries. That's right. So, And I'm pretty sure no one is wiping down their food anymore. I know. We're all sort of like (laughs) pulling the mask off the car floor. Yes. Or I'm not doing that. Maybe not do that. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So, again, yeah, unless you're in a full lockdown quarantine situation, you could bring one person into Mm -hmm. your household that could infect someone else, right? So we don't – I think that I saw a lot of that, of, like, one person's maybe being a little bit sanctimonious and saying, you know, like, I'm keeping the COVID rules and you're not. Right. But we don't really know exactly what those are sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like they're changing all the time. Yeah. And you could have more high risk people at your place of work and the healthcare person might be using way more PPE or whatever. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So I think, again, questioning and then maybe saying like, okay, I'm concerned, like make it about the kids. Right. I'm concerned about the risk for the kids. Here's what the school is recommending. Like maybe use another oh, really like good. third party criteria. Yeah. Right. Put it on them. Yeah. yeah. Put it on them. Put it on them. <laughs> um, what can we do? Or do you, you could just ask them like, do you think that you could, you know, make everyone that comes over sanitize their hands or, or like whatever would make you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, maybe putting several options, like brainstorming. I always like, if you're just going to approach the person and say, you're wrong, you have to do this, Mm -hmm. like, that's not going to go over well. No. Right? So, but maybe, yeah, asking questions. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Do you think we could talk about this? Do you think you could do this? And maybe giving a few options. And then at the end of the day, like, we really are just doing the best that we can do with this one. Yeah, and I think you can actually apply that statement to so many other things. Mm. Like I know along the way, especially again in early days when I was just trying to figure it all out, there were so many times where we had to make decisions, not necessarily big decisions, but I felt paralyzed because I didn't want to make the wrong choice. And I was so worried about screwing up my kid (laughs) and setting her up for a lifetime of therapy. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. And it doesn't mean that both of your lives are over. Like you just Mm -hmm. have to try to have a little bit of grace and just try your best. And if Mm -hmm. something didn't work out, then you're going to have another opportunity again right yeah I love that with co-parenting because it's just like yeah keep the door open talk about it and from yourself when you're framing it we're not I mean even I do mediation but when I talk to my ex I try not to say like this is what we're doing like but Mm -hmm. just like give options and and try it out right Mm -hmm. hey let's try this for a little while Maybe in six months it doesn't work very well and we change it or in like six weeks, whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. not that like one person's going to say mandate something and then like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. If only. No. <laughs> well, I don't want that responsibility on myself either, right? No, I know. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. We don't yeah. know, right? Yeah. So just, yeah. And I think you used grace, right? Like grace mm-hmm. with yourself, the other person, and just kind of takes all that heaviness, the responsibility off of these decisions. Just like, hey, let's see if this works for a little while. 
And maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. And then you just like rejig it a bit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, guys, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up. We have a very exciting guest on the podcast for next week. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to follow. All of the details are in the show notes and like and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.